This is the woman behind the business, featuring honest dialogue that advances and inspires women entrepreneurs. Here's your host, Angel Livis. This week on the woman behind the business, smoking the competition. You know me, I'm your host, Angel Livis, and today we're discussing senior care, cannabis, and athletic apparel. While these things independently sound like they have nothing to do with one another, the women behind these ventures have multiple similarities, starting with their desire for more. Throughout today's show, I want you to think about where you are in life and your secret desires for more, and what you need to do to get started, propel to the next level, or just walk away. Bianca Wise recently retired from her post as the first African-American woman lieutenant of the Baltimore County Fire Department to pursue a full-time career as an entrepreneur. Now, what makes Bianca great is that she didn't want to limit her potential, so she advanced her boomer advocacy to launch a home care services company, while also deciding to co-found the Smoke Her Society, which is all about building a community of like-minded women who have been coined as successful stoners through advocacy, education, and trendy chic accessories for cannabis use. Their vision is to lift the stigma and change the narrative surrounded by the sacred plant and educate women on how cannabis can effectively affect lives. Welcome to the show, Bianca. Hey, Angel. <laughs> I'm so excited. <laughs> Girl, why are you so excited? Because I'm just, um, uh, okay. I'm in that good space right now. Yes. And you so- just bomb. So I just love to soak up off all the energy. <laughs> I love you too, Bianca. (laughs) And it's so funny because it leads right into my first question because I feel like Bianca is such the boss babe. (laughs) She's bold and fearless and her journey over the last year has been rather interesting. But one moment that I think was extremely necessary was saying goodbye to a 15-year career with the Baltimore County Fire Department. So how hard was that decision? You know, actually... It wasn't that hard once I decided that that was it had to be my next step. So I think, you know, I'm the type of person where if I sit on a thought too long, I'll start to kind of talk myself out of it Mm -hmm. and get that anxiety around it. And so um, the year that I actually promoted to lieutenant was the year that I started my fashion jewelry hustle. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I did quite well with that, with the basketball wives and other reality TV stars. So I had caught that entrepreneurial, entrepreneurial bug. Mm-hmm. And so from 2012 until last year, I just was like, that fuel just kept coming. And also, you know, I, I attending a lot of the women behind the businesses, business events and getting around that like minded environment of successful women. I just upped the ante and I was like, I'm about to bet on myself. So <laughs> um, but, you know, it's kind of like when you're transitioning, the universe starts to play little tricks with you. Mm-hmm. So. Within the last few months of my career, I was very agitated, like everything. Mm-hmm. Like people would come in and be like, good morning. I'm like, Ugh. you know, so, <laughs> so but it was that message, like, you know, that restlessness, that discomfort, like do it. And I just woke up one day, August 17th, and I was like, I'm done. And two weeks later, you retired. Yep. Fifteen long years. <laughs> now, what was that like for you, though? Like growing up in Baltimore, what was it like pursuing a career in public service? So, um, it, again, it, it was a stumble upon. Um, very early, I knew that uh, I wanted to serve people in some capacity. Like I like to see people smile, you know, or, or take a, a step or, you know, accomplish a goal. And if I'm available and I have the resources to help them get there, then that's fulfilling for me. So, you know, very humble beginnings, Baltimore City girl, public high school educated. Um, initially, I my goal was to become a nurse. Mm. So I actually took a job in one of the local ERs. Um, being a, a nursing assistant, but I would see the EMTs come in 
And that excited me. Mm-hmm. So um started talking to the EMTs and then they started telling me the process. And I applied and I got hired my first um go round. So, wow. Yeah. Now being that now you're a full time entrepreneur, while you were working in um you know, in the fire as a fire department, and mm-hmm. eventually working your way up to a lieutenant. Um, you had the side hustle of Be Foxy. Mm-hmm. How different is it being a full time entrepreneur versus <laughs> having a side hustle? Because I don't think a lot of people understand no. it's a drastic difference. Yes. So, um, one thing is priority. Right. So, (laughs) you know, it's like when you have your side hustle, for me, it kept me in this comfort zone because I always knew that, well, the fire department is here. I'm getting a nice little check and my benefits are paid for. I'm good. So now when you take this leap, it's like when you burn that bridge and I, I fully believe that when you decide to take that jump and transition, you have to burn that bridge, like mm-hmm. that option is not on the table at all. And so then you start to realize what the priorities have to become at this point to sustain a lifestyle. Mm. So, um, you know, every day I have to sit down and prioritize my goals and then prioritize my steps and then try to figure out what are the most important ones that I need to take now? Mm-hmm. You know, um, as far as the home care business, it's Maryland is a heavily licensed state. Mm-hmm. So right now I'm going through the process of licensing. Mm-hmm. And I had to decide, you know, the longer I sit on this licensing process, the longer it takes me to open my doors. And so I had to go hard for the first three weeks of January to make sure because it's an extensive process. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, people are calling like, hey, let's hang out. It was like right around New Year's Eve. And all, and I'm like, y'all, I'm going to have to catch y'all in probably January 2020 because right now, <laughs> <laughs> right now, I just don't have, you know, the capability to to put my focus mm-hmm. somewhere else. And Capacity, that's just really right. Mm-hmm. And that's just my level of ambition. Like I go super hard. Mm-hmm. And when the goal is on the table, there's no eating. I barely make it to the bathroom. <laughs> <laughs> and, till, and I think we all can relate to that. <laughs> You've had those moments. Right. When you look up at six o'clock and you're like, yo, what did I eat? Today? Right. Right. <laughs> Absolutely. Um, so, yeah. Now, talk to us about the home health care um, business that you are in the developmental stages mm-hmm. of um, launching. So Home Helpers is um, providing caregiving services and companionship services for seniors um, wherever they call home. And um, the statistics are starting to show that seniors with rats are uh, they're deciding to age at home mm-hmm. versus going into a nursing home or an assisted living facility. So and and I personally personally believe that they thrive better mm-hmm. in environments familiar. that they're yeah familiar with and comfortable with. And my history as a paramedic, you know, I've seen so much stuff mm-hmm. from the rooter to the tutor. But the seniors always were the ones that pulled on my heartstrings because they are in a, some of them are in a very vulnerable state. Mm-hmm. You know, their children live far away. They only can rely on a neighbor who usually works or a grandchild or a niece or nephew. And so they're in these big homes um, still trying to maintain. Mm-hmm. And it's like, you know, who are we to say when mom or pop should go to a nursing home just because we were convinced? Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I started researching the whole home care aspect and to be able to send someone into their environment where they're comfortable and just give them a little assistance. Mm-hmm. Um like I said, we do 
as minimal as ca- uh, companionship, you know, helping someone do a puzzle, gardening, mm-hmm. any type of hobbies they may have or errands that they need to run. Um, all the way to the personal care aspect, um, assisting with bathing, eating, um, dressing, things like that. So mm-hmm. I'm excited for that because um, I, I I get to work in the area that I serviced for my fire department career. Right. So I'm very familiar with the senior community and their challenges and their needs. Right. Now, how does cannabis roll into <laughs> helping our seniors stay and age in place? Well, <laughs> uh, last I've read, I think 63% of seniors are using cannabis. Um, yeah, so they are getting it in. <laughs> <laughs> we can probably learn a lesson or two from the seniors. But, you know, they, they have... The chronic pain, uh, Parkinson's, uh, MS, and and you know cannabis has been you know it's known that it assists and aids and um, challenges and health issues like that. So um, the as far as home helpers is concerned, you know we we are absolutely considering the option of helping our clients who, um, because in Maryland, we are a medicinal state. Mm -hmm. So if our clients have their medical card, we are absolutely um, discussing strategies on helping seniors to either get to the dispensary safely or having um, a delegated caregiver to go into the dispensary and purchase for them. Awesome. Now, while we're on the whole cannabis topic, <laughs> talk to us a little bit about your initiatives, um, the Smoke Her Society. Okay. So the Smoker Society, because I Y'all, never... her face just <laughs> lit up, okay? <laughs> so if you know me, you know I just cannot just have one project. Like, I, I always have multiple things going on. So the Smoker Society actually popped in my head. Um, so when I came... When I transitioned out of the fire department, I um, went on and I got my medical marijuana card um, just based on the fact that now I know personally that I suffer from some form of PTSD just by default. Mm-hmm. You know, you don't spend 15, 20, 25 years in public safety and walk away unscathed from the things that you see. Mm-hmm. Um, and then over the years... <laughs> From climbing up into those big trucks and stuff, my knees and my joints, shoulders, wrists, and hips, I'd be having some pain, child. So I was <laughs> like, <laughs> you know, I, I wanted to, you know, steer away from having to take Tylenol and NSAIDs or, or anything like that and just see if the research and the statistics statistics and what everything is being spoke about actually manifests. Yes. Mm -hmm. And yes, this is absolutely true. So So how much do you have to do for it to take away your knee pain? So, (laughs) (laughs) so it all depends from the medicinal aspect, you know, cannabis is a medicine. So just like any other type of medicine, you have to have the proper dosing. Dosing? Yeah. So how much do you have to smoke for it to take away your knee pain? So, so for me, or do you put it in brownies? So it depends. (laughs) I, I'm an edible girl, <laughs> but then I'm also a vape girl. I'm not necessarily a roller joint and smoke yeah. it girl. Mm-hmm. Um, I couldn't see it. Right. But that, but the smoker society concept actually came from that because I'm like, okay, I know the type of girl I am. And, you know, I ain't, I, I ain't rolling right, no blunt. Right. Yeah. I ain't rolling <laughs> no blunt. I don't even know how to roll a blunt. Like, it was a mess. It was a disaster. But that first time I, yeah, it was a disaster. So, but even still, after you smoke, like, if I'm going, me and my hubby going out or I'm going out with my girlfriends, I don't want to be like, oh, stank a dank dank. So, <laughs> our very first product that, was created is a cute little clutch that has an odor absorbing material on the inside. Mm-hmm. So, you know, the lady can stick her stuff up in there, her lip gloss, her money, her cell phone, and her stash, mm-hmm. and keep it moving like a lady. And nobody will never know. 
Okay, so <laughs> speaking to someone who's never smoked before, right? Mm-hmm. I guess it's, and, and I know that like one of the things that you mentioned is um, that you want to essentially empower women yes. to understand the positive effects yes. and how it can benefit your life yes. through use. Correct. Because the whole stigma around cannabis is the biggest lie and one of the biggest lies in American history, in my opinion. Which is what? Which is, it's bad. You know, it, it's on the schedule one list is on a level of fentanyl and opiates. Well, they tell me, I mean, what I feel like you're told is that it's like a, um, what is it called? Like a, uh, like an introductory drug. Yeah, a gateway and then, drug. Yeah, yeah, like a gateway no. drug. And it's then you want to experiment yeah, no. other things. Marijuana is a gateway drug to a nice appetite and good sex. <laughs> <laughs> like, fact, fact, fact. Like, and I, and I, and I relate this to my career as a paramedic. I have never had to take a person to the emergency room in a sickly state from marijuana. Mm-hmm. Now I've had a couple of calls from the young college kids where either they, they yeah, the edibles they just kept going and then the edible kicked in and they like floating through Pluto and now they're like <laughs> now they're like zooming out of their mind and they call 911 because they're scared. Mm-hmm. But I never had anyone result in an illness from um, from marijuana use. Now, how do you know where to get marijuana. I guess, you know, having a, a medicinal card. Correct. Um, because I think that's the other issue is that there are so many fears mm-hmm. around people adding other drugs to. Correct. So from the medicinal standpoint, um, which again, Maryland is a medical only state for now. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, the dispensaries are held to state standards and all kind of other things that mandates. Um, actually, one of the growers actually just got fined heavily for using um, a pesticide that was mm. banned. Mm. So for the medicinal program, there's absolute zero tolerance for any type of bad product, you know, to be placed on the market. Um, for the recreational market, which is here, you know, the adult use market, I honestly believe that... Um, you all have the advantage to go into a store who should be, you know, held to a higher standard as well and to purchase. Now, for me at 40, I'm not meeting up with Mook Mook on the corner. <laughs> you ain't meeting up with the dope boy. No, I, like, you know, not at this age. <laughs> like, that was teens and 20s. But so it just all, it really just... It's, it's common sense decisions, I mm-hmm. would say that. But, yeah. you know, a lot of times we say common sense ain't so common. But, you know, just researching wherever you decide to buy. Um, like I said, if you're on the Maryland side, you can only purchase if you have your medical card. So, And what's that process like of, of getting a card? So I'm glad you asked. That's a great question because we're actually... Um, we're actually going to be holding our launch here soon, probably in the next two months or so. And the purpose of the launch is to um, we're going to have the experts in there to educate our guests on how to get your medical marijuana card in Maryland. But it starts with your personal physician mm-hmm. and your medical records. So um, you can Google the type of conditions that marijuana is said to help with. And if you have any one of those or a myriad of those in your um, in your doctor's notes or your medical file, then you can become eligible to become a patient. Once you secure your medical records, you then locate one of the um, delegating doctors that have been approved by the state. And I think in Maryland, we have like over a thousand physicians okay. who are able to perform the assessment and they go in and, um, they do a head-to-toe exam and talk to you about your symptoms, talk to you about your prescribed meds, and then, you know, they make the uh, recommendation. Um, 
you actually have to enter into the state website, the Maryland Medical Cannabis Commission. You have to complete an entire profile and um, you have to upload a picture. And then it takes a few weeks and they go through all of the information and then they approve you for a license or not. How long was your process? So mine took about six weeks Okay. before I actually got my approval. Okay. Well, this has been so informational or informative. Um, thank you so much for thank joining you. us and sharing information about all of the wonderful work that you're doing. Um, and before we wrap, you're going to stay with us, so don't leave. Okay. okay. Yeah. All right, cool. All right, so now we are going to jump over into our legal minute. And when we return, you'll be introduced to the women behind Glamorina. Stay with us. Welcome to the WBB Legal Minute featuring Nyasha West. She's the principal attorney at West Law Firm, where she specializes in business law and family law and bankruptcy. Today, we're going to have a quick conversation about the different ways to get your business established. Now, Nyasha, what are those different entities that you can choose from when it comes time to establish your business? The most popular Entities that most business owners um, choose to go with when forming their businesses are uh, sole proprietorship, LLCs, or a corporation. Um, and the entity that you choose depends on what the business is that you're getting into. If you're getting into a business where you'll have very low interaction with the public and therefore very low liability, um, then a sole proprietorship may be a good option for you. Um, if you're getting into any other business where you're going to be interacting with pr- the public, se- um, selling them goods or services, then you would want to choose an LLC or a corporation. Um, and the reason is is because um, with those entities, the business owner is personally protected. So your assets are personally protected. So if I have a business and my business is a store and somebody comes into my store and slips and falls. If I have an LLC or a corporation, the person who slipped and fell would sue the company and they wouldn't sue me. Mm -hmm. So what this means is that my house and my personal assets are protected and they would be limited to the assets of the, of the The company. company. Yes. Okay. Now really quickly, what's the difference between an S corp and a corp? So an S-Corp is a corporation that doesn't have self-employment taxes, um, whereas a corporation has a whole host of other um, of other taxes that the um, business would have to pay. Um, the biggest problem, not problem, but with uh, C-Corporations, um, the business owner may be subjected to double taxation mm-hmm. um, on their dividends. With the S-Corp, um, they wouldn't be subjected to double taxation. Okay. All right. Wonderful. This was great. Thank you so much for sharing this legal minute with us. You're welcome. All right. To learn more, how do people get in contact with you? You can contact me at the West Law Firm. My website address is nawestlaw.com or my telephone number is 301-798-4100. All right. Awesome. Thank you. And stay tuned for the rest of The Woman Behind the Business. Welcome back to the Woman Behind the Business Talk Show. I'm your host, Angel Livis, and we just wrapped up a conversation with Bianca Wise, co-founder of Smokers Society. Now returning the dial to a culturally conscious athletic wear company that cares about providing cultural and unique activewear for all body types. Meet the owners of Glamorina, Kia Phillips and Nicole Gaskins. Welcome to the show, ladies. Hi. Hi. Thank Thank you for having us. Yes, thank you. (laughs) (laughs) All right. So who was... The brainchild of the concept of creating active wear with ethnic, you know, kind of flavor to it. Honestly, I think that was both of us. Yeah, to we, be we both were um, at know, the same time. Yeah, together. It was an evolving process. Okay. Yeah. So in 2015, Kia approached me to work together. Um, she had a blog called Glamorina, mm-hmm. and I actually had a hand painted shoe collection at the time. So we just kind of, you know, she initially wanted to sell my shoes on her side and then we wanted to, you know, start a boutique. And then it's just so many ideas. We kind of browsed around of -hmm. how we would work together. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And then after maybe two years, we launched our first culturally um, inspired activewear collection. So it was kind of just like 
working and trying trying different things and then seeing what worked and what we liked and then we mm-hmm. kind of set on cultural activewear yeah definitely together. and I felt like I mean I kind of I work out a lot and so I felt as though when I would go and purchase my workout clothes I didn't really see you know images that really represented me and who I was and my body type and so that the the idea of activewear um I feel like I probably a- approached Nicole about that and then we were just like you know, she kind of said, well, how can we add, you know, a unique twist mm-hmm. to the activewear so it doesn't look just like everything else that you see out in the market? And so she kind of had the idea of adding the African print, too. So I feel like, like she said, it was just an um, evolving, evolving process. process. Yeah, definitely. Now, it's definitely a niche market. Mm-hmm. What made you decide to launch the athletic wear line? I know you said, you know, you didn't see anything that resembled right. you and all that, but was that like the main kind of concept idea be- behind saying, okay, this is what we're going to bet on. This is what we're going after. Yeah. I mean, I feel like it was for a couple of reasons. One, we're both mothers of young daughters. And so we are just very aware of positive body images. Um, and we know that the women don't really come in just one size. And so we really want to show the diversity of women that, you know, we can be short, tall, you know, small, big, whatever. Um, and then also, just from a health aspect, we know that, you know, heart disease affects women of color. Um, You know, that's like the number one killer for Mm -hmm. women. Mm -hmm. And so we just wanted to motivate women of color to live healthier, active lifestyles. And so now does cannabis help with Heart disease. <laughs> <laughs> right. I don't know. I'm not sure about that one. Sometimes, you know, some strains make you a little more active. So, yeah, yeah. exercise will pop in. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> and we just know that when you look good, you feel good, and mm-hmm. that can motivate you to want to um, work out or just be mindful of, about, you know, incorporating health and fitness into your lifestyle. Okay. Yeah. Now, how do you handle being working moms and being business owners? It's definitely tough. It's definitely not an easy job to do, especially when you're I work full time and nine to five. So when you're doing that and then you really have a, a blossoming business like we have, things are coming fast. So it's mm-hmm. really just prioritizing your time and just kind of staying organized. Mm-hmm. I think keeping a calendar is what's really helped me, mm-hmm. um, you know, just to plan and prioritize my time to make sure that everything gets done. And then being a mom, so many duties come into play with that <laughs> homework and job. school mm-hmm. and hair and just mm-hmm. everything, just spending quality time even. So it's it's really just prioritizing your time to make sure that you can balance everything. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Now, when you when you talk about prioritizing and you, you talk about utilizing your calendar, do you use any apps or anything like that to also help you stay organized with uh, all of your daily tasks? Me personally, I keep a physical calendar. I like mm-hmm. to write things because when I write them down, I kind of remember them easier. Mm-hmm. Exactly. And my planner, actually, it has my goals. It has, you know, different sections that you can kind of organize things and plan mm-hmm. within that. Mm-hmm. But writing for me is is the best way. Apps won't really... Um, do justice. Like I'll put my my um, events in my Google Calendar as mm-hmm. an app. But other than that, I like to write everything down first. Yeah, mm-hmm. I'm the same yeah. way. I have the Google Calendar. I have a physical planner, and then I have huge calendar that's on my wall so that I can write things down. So when I'm at the computer, I can just look up and see as well. So I, I probably carry like three calendars no. around. Hey, I'm, <laughs> I'm right there with you. And then the notebook sometimes ser- serves as a notepad and mm-hmm. calendar. Yeah. And you're like, oh, I got to make sure I transition this somewhere else. So I can, mm-hmm. you know, keep track of everything and get reminders. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. So did any either of you study fashion? No, not originally. I did not. Yeah, yeah. I, I'm not professionally a Train. designer or a fast, a trainer training in fashion. But mm-hmm. when I was a, in a senior in high school, I designed my own collection for our senior fashion show. Mm-hmm. So I actually wanted to be a fashion designer like a long time ago. But I was really discouraged at that time because I just felt like you had to be like this high end fashion designer. That was the mm-hmm. only way to make it. Mm-hmm. So I was really discouraged at that point. But I kind of was self-taught in that aspect. Yeah, and I feel like I wanted to design lines. I actually used to want to design like a plus size line, mm-hmm. but um, I can't draw. And I can't sketch. Like a size zero. <laughs> 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 um, but no, I mean, my mom is uh, was a little bit plus size, and so I, I remember her having a difficult time, like being able to find you know very fashionable things to wear. So I used to always think, okay, I want to do something for her, but um, I can't draw, I can't sketch, and so kind of the whole discouragement too. I used to think that you had to be you know. Sketch artists to be able to design a line too mm-hmm. and so I probably just kind of self-defeat talk myself out of it um, but then you know life comes full circle so here we are 
So what would you say was, um, besides meeting each other and building, now were you guys friends before or you just so happened to meet through networking? How did you all meet? Um, Actually, our daughters are cousins. Okay. Yeah, their fathers are brothers. Um, And then they're actually, their fathers are Nigerian, which is where we got an opportunity to really showcase and and view a lot of African print. And um, so that was good. But yeah, that's, we met several years ago through family. Okay. Yeah. So you're related, essentially. Uh-huh. Yeah. <laughs> in a sense, our cousins well, are blood yeah. cousins, but yeah. yeah. Wait, they're your cousins? Or I mean, I'm sorry, kids? our daughters are blood cousins. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know. So you're related. Not through the men, though. But yeah, through the daughters. Race. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so as moms, uh-huh. as business women, how do you embrace, you know, not losing who you are and fulfilling both roles? Hmm. It's hard, right? I would say I always still try to carve out some things that I like to do away from the business and away from my daughter. Mm -hmm. I mean, I think it's so important to just have some me time as well. Mm -hmm. I mean, when I'm not talking to anybody, when I'm off social media, and and that could be as small as just going into my room and closing the door and turning everything off and just meditating. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's I think that's so important for just our mental health um, so that I don't lose myself. Because like Nicole mentioned earlier, you just get so busy between the business, between working, um, being a mom is another full-time job. And all day just goes so quickly. Mm-hmm. And then at the end of the day, you're exhausted. And it's like, God, I mean, I barely had time to eat dinner. So right. um, I think just trying to carve out some time, an hour or so, whenever you can, to read a book, to just take a deep breath, to pray, whatever you can do that's going to keep you sane. You right. know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I definitely think meditating is a good um, you know, tactic to, to kind of center yourself and kind of just, you know, think about your life, who you are, where you are, what's going on. Mm -hmm. Um, Me personally, like I do meditate here and there if I can, but my daughter, she just, she loves me so much and I love that, (laughs) but she, she barely gives me space. Um, So usually Mm -hmm. I'll have to force myself like, look, when she goes to sleep, you have to stay up, Mm -hmm. take you a nice hot shower, get you a glass of wine or just sit and and just have a moment, you know? Yeah. Yeah, I know. Just look in a space. God, help me. (laughs) (laughs) Because if you don't, you'll go crazy. You'll go crazy trying to manage everything if you don't take that time for yourself. Yeah. Right. Yeah. (sighs) so funny <laughs> but I mean it's the truth it's yeah. the absolute truth and unless you're in that space yeah. where you're constantly going other people mm-hmm. don't understand yeah and kind of like what Bianca was saying earlier like people are like yo let's go out or yo let's do this or let's mm-hmm. go to the movies and don't talk about dating or being in a relationship because yep. mm-hmm. then it's like that's a whole you know, other job exactly. yeah I know it is so <laughs> you know trying to maintain all of the roles and mm-hmm. all of the responsibilities especially when you feel as though you're you're pursuing a purpose-driven life Right. Um, so just kind of maintaining. And I, I just love to be able to ask people, like, how do you manage and how do you um, make sure make sure that you don't lose yourself right. in your purpose? And yeah. both of those things are purpose driven goals, like, you're, right. you know, raising a child as mm-hmm. well as building a business. Mm-hmm. So um, prior to launching your businesses, like what kind of work did I know you said that you did um Hand sketch shoes, Nicole mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and Kia. You had the magazine. Now, are these areas that you're still maintaining? No. So, actually, I was a preschool teacher for six years. Okay. Um, so I taught school, and you know, I took some time off when I had my daughter, um, and then I went back to teaching. And I actually quit my full time job to do Glamorina full time. Mm-hmm. I did that for about a year. Glamorina, the magazine. Yeah, Glamorina the- with Nicole. Okay. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, So I did that for about a year. And, you know, like you mentioned earlier with the previous guest, I mean, that was a leap of faith to get rid of that, you know, paycheck and really just be an entrepreneur full time. It was very difficult. And so I kind of transitioned into a career. So I'm still doing Glamorina now, but I'm a personal trainer as well. Mm -hmm. So I do that. I needed to have some more income coming in Mm -hmm. um, because all of the income that we're getting really from our business is going right back into the business. Like Mm -hmm. there's there's really no real profit right now. This Mm -hmm. is being our 
our third collection that we just launched. So, um, yeah, so I'm doing personal training on the side. I, I work um, as a part-time teacher as well. So I have like a couple part-time jobs no, just no, no, no. some Those income coming in. Those <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so that's that's what I'm doing right now. Okay, how about you, Nicole? Yeah, so I guess it was like prior to Glam Marina, what were we doing? Um, so for me, I was working at a university I'm doing like billing and finance. Mm -hmm. Um, I was doing my art on the side, but my my primary nine to five was working at a university. Mm -hmm. Okay. Yeah. Interesting. (laughs) So I want to come back um, and talk a little bit about the collections. Mm -hmm. What can people expect from the collections? What do they look like? That's I I know that uh, here you're wearing some of the apparel, Mm -hmm. but I was like, you know, I like to be able to look at it, touch it, feel it. I don't Mm want to be filling you up on the show. Um, But, you know, like what can people expect when they wear a piece of Glamorina clothing. Well, first off, they can expect that they're not going to find this apparel anywhere else. Mm-hmm. Um, it's great quality apparel. We actually use the same manufacturer as Adidas. And so we're coming out with a high quality product that's not going to lose its shape or structure. You can wash it several times, wear it several times. It's comfortable. It's a good mix of spandex, polyester. Um, and they're just going to, you know, expect to feel great when they put on our leggings. I mean, that's like the number one thing I feel like we got as a response from women. It's just like, oh, my God, they feel like butter. You know, they keep everything tight and in and they're comfortable and I can work out. I can run errands. So they can definitely expect to just have a unique piece of clothing. Now, talk to us a little bit about the um, the unique cultural elements mm-hmm. that you incorporate into your pieces. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So with each collection that we've launched so far, this is our third. We always try to incorporate um, an Ankara or Kente print. Mm-hmm. Um, and so this collection here, it's, it's kind of like an Ankara print where we kind of just look at different fabrics and, you know, mm-hmm. what we feel like um, inspires us for this particular collection. This co- The new collection is the culture collection. Mm-hmm. So we kind of used um, two different prints. Mm-hmm. We have a black and white print to keep it somewhat simple for those who like to, you know. Conservative. Yeah, yeah. exactly. <laughs> um, but still bold at the same time for the black and white contrast. And then we have um, a- another vibrant print, which is like a black, white, yellow, red, um, just whatever we feel is um, dynamic, um, mm-hmm. but still kind of gives you that cultural essence without being too cliche. Mm-hmm. Um, like right now, there are other emerging activewear brands that are in- incorporating the cultural aspect, but they use um, the traditional um, Kente print or mm-hmm. yeah, the traditional prints that you see. So we try to keep it um, outside of the box when it comes to the prints that we choose. Mm-hmm. And what's Absolutely. the price point like? Um, the price point for this collection is between forty to fifty dollars. Okay. So there's three style styles of leggings as well as some um, other pieces. We have t-shirts, tank tops, headbands, water bottles, hats. Um, so we have some accessory items, but the each style legging has its own little uniqueness to it, and so it's at a different price. Yeah, right. the the full range of the collection that we just everything we just put out ranges from five dollars to fifty dollars. Right. Okay. Mm-hmm. Now my last question before we get ready for our moments from the valley. Um, <laughs> Okay, so when it comes to the apparel and launching, how do you market it? It's several different things that we have to do to market. I mean, our first collection, and I would say we have come a long way. Um, Our first collection, I think we relied heavily on social media Mm -hmm. and on Instagram. And while that brought us a lot of our customer base, there's just so many more people out here that's maybe not be on Instagram Mm -hmm. all day long. Mm -hmm. Um, So we use a lot of different markets. We actually got a PR person to help us. We, you know, get a lot of different interviews, you know, Mm -hmm. like how we're here today. Um, We do a lot of pop-up shops. Yes, Mm -hmm. pop-up shops in the D.C., Maryland, Virginia, Baltimore area. Um, we've been featured in several magazines, a travel magazine, which we've got a lot of customers from that because, you know, black people like to travel and Absolutely. look cute while we're doing it. Mm-hmm. Um, so word of mouth. We also have a brand ambassador program. So uh, women have an opportunity to get discounts and then they can sell the mm-hmm. apparel too and, and give those discounts out. So mm-hmm. we have like a variety of ways that we market the apparel. Awesome. Yeah. Well, I'm sure that our listeners will be checking out um, and trying to get more information about Glamorina. And we will okay. give you opportunity to give your social media and okay. website and all the information out uh, towards the end of the show. But now it is time for us to head into our moments from the valley. And this is when we look at situations that we've been in and how we overcame the situation and what was waiting for us on the opposite side of the spectrum. 
Um, but right now, well, I'm going to give you all a little bit of time to think <laughs> of what your moment of the valley is going to be. Okay. And it can be anything. It doesn't mm-hmm. have to be work related because that's why it's called the woman behind the business because we go through a lot of things both personally and within the business. Mm-hmm. Um, so right now we're going to play a little inspirational music and we'll be right back after this. from the valley I will say that I absolutely got into a I realized what I what I've been searching and it was freedom right so a lot of people you know when I got promoted and I'm the first black woman to ever hold the rank it was honorable it was phenomenal however something still was just missing like I broke a ceiling. I was a trailblazer. I'm a history. But for me, something still was missing. And it took a few years for me to understand that it was freedom. 
right? And so when you listen to other people and you kind of consider the thoughts of other people, um, with that title, I kind of got stuck in a place. Because, and then with the career, most people don't just up and leave in the middle of it. Like you try to reach retirement or something. Um, But it started to take a toll on my health and it took a toll on just my emotional wellness. Like I knew I was doing great work. Um, You know, saving lives is like, yeah, it don't get any noble than more noble than that. But I I realized that I was doing it for the wrong people. Like that whole environment just became so toxic to me. And, you know, innately, I'm a very bubbly, like humorous, like good vibes, all of that. But I would notice that I would go into work and all of that would just drain. Like, and... It took me to some places where I was like, I didn't like people. Like I said, I would walk in, I wouldn't speak. And that's not me, right? And so I would have this battle. I would go home and I would talk to myself. And I'm like, girl, are you crazy? Like, you know, when I when I applied for the department, it was like 4,000 applicants and I was chosen. So who gives up stuff like that? Like, you know, you did this, you did that. You had this accolade, you had this certificate, but... It just was not, it wasn't resonating with me. So I had to go through this period where meditation, you know, and just getting with myself and figuring out what needed to happen. And the one thing that just kept coming across the horizon was freedom. You need your freedom to create. You need your freedom to be yourself because when you're in a uniform They take all of that from you. And the freedom to write your own story. Um, And so I came to grips with it. And like I said, when I was typing my resignation letter, my hands were shaking. But once I shot that thing off, it was like 80 pounds immediately just came up off of me. And I've been on a roll ever since then. So... (laughs) I'm excited for this other side, this journey. Like, you know, it's it's fun. Like every day I wake up like, yes, like and and it's just totally different from what I was feeling before that. Okay. Thank you so much for sharing. All right, uh Nicole, you wanna go next? Sure, I'll go. I actually think I'm probably dealing with a valley moment right now in my life, but um I would probably say one moment was when I found out I was pregnant. Um, I was in college. I was just about to finish. Um, I feel like so many people just didn't support me. Um, Family, close family that kind of really discouraged me. And, you know, what are you doing? You're messing your life up. Um, You know, just really hard on me. And me being pregnant, it's like, you know, what do I do? How do I get over this with so many people like kind of, you know, just talking down on me, like, you're not going to reach your goals. You're not going to be successful like this. I've tried it and it it didn't work out for me, that type of thing. Um, But I I definitely overcame it because, you know, I'm a great mother now. I, you know, I did the best I could to, you know, get through my pregnancy, Um, you know, started taking care of my daughter when she was born. And then look at me now, like, you know, I'm, you know, I have a business, I'm working, I, you know, have a lot of money saved up, you know, I'm able to, kind of, I'm not struggling pretty much. And I feel like that was my value moment that I overcame because I kind of defeated the odds of what people thought my life would be. Beautiful. Thank you so much for sharing. You're welcome. Kia? Um, I would say my valley moment was after I gave birth to my daughter, I went through postpartum depression. And um, it was really bad. I mean, I got to the point where I couldn't really get out of the bed. You know, I mean, I had a lot of anxiety um, a lot of just depression. I was sad a lot. I just, um, 
I had this idea image of, you know, how I wanted my motherhood to go in terms of, you know, when I was ready to have a baby, I thought I'd be married. I thought I would have my own house. I had all of these ideas. I would always say, you know, I'm not going to, you know, be a baby mama. <laughs> I'm a college graduate. I'm, that's not going to be me. But, um, but it was. And so that was very hard. Um, and so really coming out of that, it took a lot. It took prayer. I definitely had the support of my family, the support of my mom, um, I, that's kind of when I started meditating and really started exercising. You know, I used to run before, you know, in high school and college, but I started running a lot more. And that's kind of the reason why I decided to become a personal trainer, because I just really have a good understanding of what exercise can do for you mentally, for your mental state. Um, So I just kind of started running almost every day. And that just gave me those good vibes and just you know, helped me to become a little bit more positive about life. And then I got out of the house. I thought I wanted to be a stay-at-home mom. And after about two months of being at home with my baby, I was like, I need to get out of here. (laughs) I was pulling my hair out. The baby was crying. You know what I mean? So I started working part-time, started exercising, prayed, and, you know, called on my girlfriends, too. I decided not to just keep all that inside. Like, they would be like, how are you doing? I'll be like, I'm not doing so well. You know, I was being honest. I had to be honest and transparent and not pretend. And that really helped me get over to the other side by really just asking for help. Yeah. Which a lot of us kind of have a hard time doing. Mm-hmm. Um, I think a lot of us have like that superwoman syndrome yeah. where it's like, we think we have to do everything on our own mm-hmm. and we can't be honest and we can't be transparent, you know, mm-hmm. when we need help. So thank you ladies for each sharing your journeys. What I take away is you either need cannabis or some running in your life. <laughs> a little bit of both, man. Yeah. A little bit of both. Yes. Go for the run first. Right, no, right, 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 right. <laughs> or you might think something's changing or, or you. Or you take your sativa for the run and then you take your indica okay. for... Uh, yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. There's different kinds? Yeah, it's different strains. Yeah. One oh, that's a whole other sleep, To get sleepy, right? Yeah, and so indica you helps up. you... Relax. Calm down, and sativa takes you up. Uh, yep. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yep. <laughs> well, Last I can say I've day. definitely learned a lot during this show. Um, so, do you want to give your social media and website information for people? Sure. To so, the Smoker Society. You can find us um, the SS Tribe, Successful Stoner, and Smoker Society. At uh, we are actually on IG. And it's at SS Vibes, V-I-B-E with the Z. And then our website is um, www.smokersociety.com. And it's Smoke Her. Smoke Her. Oh, yeah, I'm sorry. Yeah, that's yeah, a detail. Make sure. So Smoke Her is actually spelled S-M-O-K-E-H-E-R, Society. Com. I thought that I think it's such a cute name. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I thought you were saying smokers yeah. this whole time. Smoke her. Yeah. All right, ladies. Um, well, everyone can find us on our website. It's www.glamorina.com. That's G-L-A-M-O-U-R-I-N-A. And our social media handles, we're on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram. Um, we're at Shop Glamorina. Okay, wonderful. Well, again, thank you, ladies, for being our guests. It was very fun and inf- yes. informational. Yes. <laughs> yeah, it was a conversation. Uh, Girl talk. Girl yeah, I love it. I told you, it just be like a nice conversation. <laughs> All right, that's the show for today. Please be sure to check out past broadcasts on our website, wbbtalk.com, and pick up your copy of the Washington Informer to see the one behind the business spotlight section. And of course, follow us on social media at wbbtalk. A special thank you to our show producer Kyle Murdoch and our program director Max Myrick. Until next time, stay blessed.